Hello everyone and welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri, joined by the one and only Allison Aletha. Al, how you doing? I am having a chaotic morning. <laughs> I was telling yes. Andy before the show started that my cats chased each other into the dining room, up the table, and knocked over a vase full of flowers. <laughs> I was like, it's like funny, but at the same time, I was like, why is this happening to me right now? But so it's chaos, and then we're getting a new dishwasher, and but I'm I'm ready to talk about Zelda to calm down a little bit. Every cat owner in the world sympathizes with your plight right now, including me. I know it. That's uh, that's such a cat thing to do. Yep, it is unfortunate. My cat, my cat for the last couple nights, and I don't know why. Because I specifically make a point to feed her before we go to bed. But she's like, she started hopping on uh, the dresser and like clawing the wall. So all you hear is like, all night. I don't know if you could hear that or not, but I was trying to do my best to claw. Does she like, it's like repetitive and she's just like at the wall clawing with both paws? Oh yeah. Yeah, Zira does that too. yeah. Yeah. It's awful. And it's just like, I see you, I hear you, what do you want? It's three in the morning. Yeah. And... And that was this morning. I was really looking forward to sleeping in because it was a it was a long kind of crappy week actually. And I was like, man, I can't wait to sleep in on Saturday. And Zora had other plans, <laughs> and I ended up getting up just as early as I would for a work week. But that is neither here nor there, Allison. We're here to talk about Zelda, and uh, we got a good show. We're going to uh, we're gonna go back to the well, and we are going to give our two cents on a bunch of classic daily debates that uh that allison was kind enough to go and uh, scrounge up from over the last year and and maybe even further than that but first we've actually got a little bit of news that we should get into al and probably none bigger than the announcement from the esa e3's back baby yes and they've confirmed that nintendo is at the big show and it's all virtual it's going down in june i'm excited what about you i'm so happy i just realized that the other day we were talking about it and I was like, I can't even remember how E3 even goes down because it's it's already been that long, which is weird. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm super excited. I hope they have like some new cool things that they do to kind of, you know, make up for the lost time. And it's all going to be virtual. Of course, I'm probably going to be working on the day that Nintendo's on, but I'll still enjoy it all the same. Yep. I, uh, I'm going to take that day off from work actually by... By hook or by crook, uh, if I had, I might just be sick on that day. I'm not sure <laughs> if they say no, but uh, so I I said something in the writers' meeting this week that I want to reiterate for everybody listening to this. So Nintendo is confirmed. Okay, they're confirmed for E3. I'm thinking that it's gonna be a Nintendo Direct, and let me tell you something. I'm gonna plant my flag. I'm gonna say for sure. We will see Breath of the Wild 2 at E3. It will be there. You heard it here. I don't know. I Maybe I'm just like thinking I'll keep my expectations low. I feel like that all, all the time when I consider Nintendo because then I'm never disappointed. I know a lot of people, you know, get kind of disheartened when they don't hear about Zelda 35th anniversary or whatever this and whatever that and I'm just like you know what it's okay because now I have something to look forward to so I'm gonna I'm gonna say no to Breath of the Wild 2 would I love to see it absolutely but I'm more in the ballpark of 
they're probably going to talk about the DLC for Age of Calamity and then be like, this is available today, and then Skyward Sword HD. Right. Uh, you know what? So I, I'm still sticking to my theory, actually, that I think that there's still a decent chance, maybe a lesser chance now, but a decent chance that we get a specific Zelda Direct. Oh, Just like yep. the Mario ones that we had. Because it, it makes sense to me that they'd be like, here's here's the first glimpse of the New Age of Calamity DLC. Here's some more details about Skyward Sword. Because all we had was that trailer. Yeah. Um, and you know what? Here's here's an absolute teaser peak of Breath of the Wild 2. And I think that that would come before E3. But, I, man, there's no way that Nintendo is coming back to E3. And it's the first time in two years and they're not showing Breath of the Wild 2. You know what? I completely see where you're coming from, where you don't want to get overhyped, but damn it, I'm the hype man. I'm going to say definitively we see Breath of the Wild 2 at E3, if not before. Um, I could def And maybe it's only something as little as a trailer. I think that's totally okay. Yeah. But I think that we do see it there. All right, fair enough. We will see. So there we go. It's it's going to happen. I think I promised one of the writers that I would eat my copy of Breath of the Wild 2. <laughs> Yeah. If, uh, or Breath of the Wild, if we did not see it, so that tastes there bad. There we go. Too. I, Those cartridges, they taste bad. I've I've heard, yeah, I've heard <laughs> that they don't taste very good. So I really hope it's there. <laughs> Love it. Well, there we go. Uh, a couple other pieces of Zelda news, actually, before we get to um, the daily debates here. First and foremost, uh, I guess let's talk about our buddy uh, Joel over at Linktober. Uh, you might remember last year that uh, Allison Mossies and I participated in a live version of, um, of the podcast over on Linktober Zelda Creator Con. And Link Linktober Zelda Creator Con is coming back. It's going to be back for a year or two. And uh, rumor has it that the Champions cast might just be back doing another live stream for 2021. So that is uh, something to look forward to. If you are looking for details about uh, Linktober Zelda Creator Con, if you're even wondering what it is, um, basically it's an online comic-con where if you are an artist if you're a cosplayer if you are a podcaster if you are doing anything involving the legend of zelda you can go and uh and apply to be a part of this spotlight and you will have a uh, a certain amount of time to show off your wares and show off your talents so that is available um the best place to check that out is over on the linktober creator con discord uh and you can check that out over on Zelda Dungeon as well. I think we have an article about it on the front page. So we had a good time last year uh, with that. So if you're interested, definitely check it out. For sure, for sure. Sounds fun. All right, last piece of Zelda news here, Allison. I know that you're excited about this. Yeah. First Four Figures is back with uh, another another Zelda addition to its lineup. And this time it's our boy Rivali. And rumor has it that he might not be alone. I'm so excited about this, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't have the money for this. <laughs> I mean, he looks really good, Rivali, the the figure, and um, looks exactly like you would expect him to look, just as he's portrayed in the game, and beautiful colors and everything, and I'm like, oh, I want that so badly, but at the same time, knowing that there's going to be all, you know, all the champions... I'm like, there's my collector heart would want all of them, and I can't afford that. Yeah, dude, I could basically afford the four amiibo <laughs> that were in that one pack. Yeah, right. Uh, but I, I look forward to seeing someone else unbox this because, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's super cool. First four figures always does 
um, a great job. Actually, so my uh, my co-host over on Omega Metroid, um, Dak, he just got his first four-figure statue of uh, Meta Ridley, and it looks so cool. Nice. So yeah, I'm excited to see what like Mifa and Urbosa look like. Um, you know what? Revali's probably the the one I'd buy last. If I'm gonna really, be I would buy him first. I buy. I, think I I'd buy. If I only could ha- buy one, I'd buy Rivali. Oh, man, I I don't know if I if I could only buy one. I think it would be Mifa, but man, Urbosa would be so close. Yeah, so close. Yeah, I'd buy Urbosa second. There, there's a good uh, daily debate right there, and uh, we've got a few good daily debates for you right here. Uh, you know, whenever, uh, whenever you know, news is slow, which is often in the world of the Legend of Zelda. We, we turn to the creativity of our amazing writing staff over on uh, the Zelda Dungeon team, and we basically just lift their work to make us look good, and by God, that's what we're doing right <laughs> here, right now. They have asked these questions over on ZeldaDungeon.net. We're going to regurgitate them, and we're going to give you our two cents. Allison, are you ready? I'm so ready. This first question is yours, actually. Oh, wait, no, not the first question. Sorry, the second one. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. That was, you did do a deep dive. I that did. was from forever ago. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, all right. First question. And this is a doozy. And Allison, let's hear your take right away. Are people losing anticipation over the wait for Breath of the Wild 2? Um, I can see it for some people, but me personally, I'm not. I, I feel like they're doing a good job of, you know, you consider what they did with Breath of the Wild. They announced it. And they're like, hey, check out this game that's coming out, you know, next year. And then the next year they delay it and then they delay it again. So that was kind of like a bummer time. And a lot of people were really upset about it. I was pretty okay with it at the time. So I'm, for now, I like the way they're, the direction they're going, especially with current times, you know, things happen and they, their production has slowed down. But I feel like they're doing really well every time. You see A.G. Alnuma pop up on the screen. He's like, I don't have news about Breath of the Wild 2. But, you know, <laughs> it's being worked on and everything's hunky-dory. And that, I'm okay with that. It keeps me, you know, anticipating the game. I'm still really looking forward to hearing about it. And, you know, the time in between, sometimes you just don't think about it. And that's good. And sometimes you do. And that's great. You know what? This is This is a great question because... I, I feel like maybe for a more casual fan that's, like, removed from the inner Zelda circle, as you and I are firmly entrenched in, Allison, mm-hmm. I think that maybe, maybe yes, maybe some people are just like, um, an analogy is they announced the Elder Scrolls Six uh, like, a year or two ago, and I'm just like, okay, whatever, um, and, and, like, I have no anticipation for that, and I could see maybe someone being like, Oh, okay, they announced Breath of the Wild 2, like, yeah, cool, right? Yeah. But I think for for people like you and me, and probably for everyone listening to this podcast, there's a certain, um, what's a good word? A mystique about uh, this game now. that And similar in, in fashion to how Breath of the Wild had that certain mystique about it. Because, you know, it was revealed in, uh, God, I can't remember, 2014 or 2015, one of the two. Then it was delayed. Then it went dark for all that time. And then finally it popped up. And like the, all the, the rumors and what is this game? What could it be? Like, blah, blah, blah. It it built such a mystique around breath of the wild that I think really helped it. Um, when it finally did come out. And of course you, you kind of had the added bonus of like, 
the rumor and the mystique about the Nintendo NX going on at the same time. Mm -hmm. So Breath of the Wild is probably a perfect storm of that, but like I feel Breath of the Wild 2 is is kind of in that same boat where you know it, it's kind of like Metroid Prime 4. You know, we know it exists, we know it's being worked on. We haven't seen anything from it and you know but we know it's there. So the speculation and the hype is you know I, I think it does build that mystique for the game. So you know, I I think that for people like us, probably for everybody listening to this podcast, no, uh, you know, anticipation is only building. But I could see maybe for the general audience that, you know, they could be losing anticipation. You know, the thing about Zelda is that, okay, so we, we have Breath of the Wild 2 coming out, but it's not like there's absolutely nothing else for Zelda fans yeah. during that time. You know what I mean? Like, we get we get Cadence of Irule, we get Link's Awakening, we got Age of Calamity, we're getting Skyward Sword. Like we're we're being fed. It just maybe isn't the uh the filet mignon that we're waiting for, but you know, it's not like we're going hungry. Exactly. And yeah, I think Nintendo is doing a good job at, you know, keeping us busy until they are ready to give us the material that uh that we need for Breath of the Wild too. And and another thing is that I don't want them to do it too early like they did with Breath of the Wild. I want I want them to be ready. You know what I mean? Because if you wait all this time and then and then they announce it and they show something or a trailer or whatever and then and then it goes dark again or it gets delayed again, that would be kind of a bummer because we've already been waiting this long. So, I mm -hmm. I'm I want them to be ready. It's keeping my anticipation up and I'm just I'm excited for the day when that finally happens, you know? E3 2021. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's going to happen. Yeah, and then four years down the road, it'll already have been out for a couple years, just like Breath of the Wild now, which is insane to think about. So, yeah. It's just, it's all about time. That's right. Um, all right. Well, let's move on. I remember this one from a few years ago. <laughs> is there a worse love interest for Link than Ilya? And the answer is no. <laughs> The answer is Ilya is so awful. She's so awful. Like she she's she's awful. She has no redeeming qualities at all. She she gets mad at Link about Epona, but all you've done is literally ride Epona. You have to go on this ridiculous side quest to get her memory back. She serves no purpose. Her design is like absolutely awful. She has that weird hair twirl thing, and she gives you an item towards the end of the game after you've done all this work to restore her memory, which is completely useless because nobody that is playing Twilight Princess, and if you're if you're going to tell me that you are, you're lying, nobody is riding Epona anymore when you can just willy-nilly change between Link and the wolf. So, yeah, useless. Everywhere. Terrible character. Horrible. Yeah. I mean, I would, I'd probably argue about the tree and Oracle of Ages <laughs> that wants to marry Link. No way! The tree is charming! <laughs> The tree is a tree, Andy. <laughs> but I That's a that's a better love story than Link and Ilya, I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, oh, and and I forgot to mention that that fine cutscene where Ilya just has a knife in her hand for some reason, which is like the most ridiculous cutscene in the entire Legend of Zelda series. Serves no purpose, makes no sense, is just there so that people could be like, oh, this is so cool and edgy while they're listening to My Chemical Romance in their basement. It's horrible. Oh my God. It's horrible. <laughs> Ilya's horrible. I I agree. I don't really care for Ilya that much either. I think the reason is that 
her character developed her character development was like a missed opportunity you kind of get this like tease of them being really close at the beginning and then you're missing her for a good portion of the beginning of the game you meet her again and she's got memory loss she doesn't even remember you and then when she remembers you it's kind of still like vague when she remembers you it's like it's kind of weird <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like there wasn't a lot of development between them to have a real connection or even for the player to connect with Elia in the way. So I can understand that, like, she's pretty bad, but I just think that's, like, that's just a fault of the, you know, the story that she wasn't fully developed. So I would say of all the, you know, logistic, real love interests that Link could have throughout the series, Elia is probably not the greatest. I think the Maku tree is better love interest. And I am not being ironic when I say that. I think that their interactions were charming and cute. And like, and so the thing about Twilight Princess too, and this is kind of why I think the story um, isn't the best in that game, but they like, they drop Ilya and it's like at the end of it, are like, are you supposed to feel like Midna is your love interest? Like, yeah. are you supposed to feel that Zelda is your love interest? Like what's going on here? It's certainly not Ilya because she doesn't show up for the last like fourth of the game. Yeah. So it's just, it's it's horrible. I, I'm thinking right now, so like, so we got Zelda and Mipha from Breath of the Wild. We got Zelda and uh, Beatrice from Skyward Sword, which all four of those are great. We've got, I don't think there's really a love interest in Link Between Worlds. Uh, I don't really think there's one in the Wind Waker or Phantom Hourglass or Spirit Tracks. The Maku Tree is fantastic. There's not, uh, Saria is fantastic. Uh, am I missing any that you can think of? I mean, I swear he has like four or five in Ocarina of Time at least, <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. Malin, fantastic. Yeah, Zelda. Ilya, the drizzling, you know what? Yeah. Actually, Beatrice is uh, really sweet. I like her. She's pretty cute. Cause every time Link shows up, you know, she gains more and more interest and thinks that she likes him or he likes her. And I just think that's really cute. And then her I I love that side quest. I think it's I think it's like super adorable actually, yeah. <laughs> Me too. And her dad is like he's like pulling you aside and he's like, "Yo, Link, my girl likes this dude. Who is he?" <laughs> he's <Yeah>. talking <laughs> to him. Yeah, that's pretty cute. Definitely better than Ilya. Uh all right, well, let's let's move on. Let's move away from Ilya. Thank God. Um of all of Ganondorf's or Ganon's final forms, which is the best allison what say you oh this is a hard one i they all have very distinct cool looks but i think maybe twilight princess ganondorf looks the best like he looks the the part the best i think he's got you know this big old crown with this curled hair which looks pretty cool he's absolutely massive he's got a good like evil laugh and stuff and he just looks very dark, imposing, evil, demon lord kind of guy. And I don't know. I just always kind of gravitated towards him being like the the Ganondorf picture in my head. Mm, right. Uh, I, I do like the uh, the Twilight Princess version of Ganondorf. He's just a little bit chonky for me. Um, I don't know what it is. You know what? Uh, so I've got an actual answer here. But I do want to say... I think that Calamity Ganon from Age of Calamity looks really cool. Yeah. Like, he's actually up there for me yeah. on my I list. But that. I'm a, I'm going to be an Ocarina of Time homer here and say that I love Ganondorf from that game. I love Ganon from that game. I think Ganon looks just, like, so cool with his two swords and, like, 
that's such a good look for Ganon. It was such like a a nice like modern look for Ganon where he doesn't look kind of because I, I feel like when he's pig Ganon and like the blue Ganon he looks a little bit goofy but like that was that was a good way to like keep it kind of the same but um pay homage to what it came before I, I think that that is my favorite form that's fair and I'd like to argue the fact that I think my mind at least will be changed when Breath of the Wild 2 comes out because that design for Ganondorf looks awesome Certainly, yeah, it certainly does. Um, or at least who we think yeah, is Ganondorf. Just, remember, I... <laughs> do you remember, remember that dream I had a couple weeks ago where I like it was the king or something like that? Yeah, I'm telling you, man, what if, what if that comes true? I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> do it, do it. Um, okay, so I, I remember this, I wrote this one too. Yes, you did, and I, I remember the exact day that it came out. <laughs> What's better, Christmas or the day a new Zelda game comes out? That's a, that's easy, right? I feel like that's an easy question, but it, I think it depends on your age. Uh, I don't know, man. I Maybe, okay. But, I mean, come on. We get Christmas every year. We don't get a new Zelda game every year. That's true. I mean, we, we kind of do, but we don't get Breath of the Wild and Breath of the Wild 2 every year. Come on. It's got to be... The, the day a new Zelda game comes yeah. out. Yeah, I mean, I would choose the day uh, a new Zelda game comes out. I feel because I'm older, Christmas is isn't as magical and as exciting as it was when I was little. But I mean, when I was little, Christmas right. was huge, and I have a huge family, so it was like a big deal and super awesome and just a great day with my family. But you know, nowadays we're just a lot older and all that kind of stuff, and it's more quaint and nice family get together. Whereas a a new Zelda game comes out, and I'm just, like, lost to the world for the next three weeks. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, as as you get older, you realize that Christmas is cool, but it's expensive. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. I should that's, start shopping very for true. Christmas right now to save money. Uh, so the last couple of years, uh, actually, I've... I've like brokered deals with my sister and with my dad and with my mother-in-law and stuff. And I'm like, okay, you don't buy us anything for Christmas and I won't buy you anything for Christmas, but we'll go out for dinner at some point. And then like, we never kind of end up getting out for dinner. So I, I save a little bit of money there. I'm like the Grinch, man. I have zero like spirit <laughs> like that. So I'm always, uh, with how big my family is, I'm always for the, uh, for the secret Santa. Because then you just have the one person, you know, and nobody's left out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. What's that? I I think it's called a Chinese gift exchange where, like, you you take a gift, you open it, and then the next person can either open another gift or steal that yeah. gift. That's that's fun, too. We did that White once. Elephant or Yankee Swap, whatever you call it. Yeah, it's. I think it has, like, a million different yep. names. That's what my family called it. And I don't know why they called it that, but they did. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, kind of on the same vein, actually, the next question is, do you have any annual Zelda traditions? I I kind of used to, um, and I, I, I guess I still do. So my, my thing in, up until about 2017 was, like, I would always play three Zelda games a year, and I did that for, like, the last decade uh, beforehand. And I would, sometimes it would just kind of happen naturally, but, like, sometimes it'd be like, oh, I, I want to play three Zelda games if it was, like, November. And I'm like, I've only played... Two, like, what game should I play? So I would go and play, like, something, right? Um, so that was kind of my tradition. In 2018, 19, uh, 20, and, you know, already 2021, I, I've i played, like, oh, God, way more than three Zelda games per year for this podcast and for the marathon and, like, just, you know, 
Um, I, I think I've played, uh, geez, what month is it now? So we've, we've played both Oracle games and I've played a lot of Age of Calamity. So, I mean, I'm pretty much already at three games right now in 2021. And, you know, we'll certainly play Skyward Sword. We'll certainly play the Age of Calamity DLC. So uh, lots, lots of Zelda games that I play. But that, that used to be my thing. Three Zelda games a year. I don't think I ever really had an annual Zelda tradition. I didn't get back into the series like as I am now until 2013. And by then, you know, we were starting to get the news of... Um, you know, Breath of the Wild, a couple of years later, Majora's Master D came out, you know. So I, I feel like I was just playing the games as they came. Um, I was getting back into the old games that I played with my brothers as a kid. It wasn't really a tradition thing. I was just getting back into the series. I feel maybe my annual Zelda tradition now would probably be the marathon and preparing for the marathon. But that's about it. Yeah, um, that could certainly be... Uh, considered a tradition for sure. Yeah. So I, I will accept that. Okay, Al, you're going to have to answer this one because I've never bothered to do it. <laughs> after collecting after collecting 900 Korok seeds, how much has it changed your views on Koroks? Um, <laughs> I've done the Korok seed completion hunt two and a half times. So I've collected... Oh. All... <laughs> I can't even give you the number of Koroks I've collected. Um, my brother asked me, like, why? Why did you do that? And I was like, I don't know. I actually really like it. I know a lot of people hate it, and it's really annoying. But I really like Breath of the Wild. I like exploring the world. And I like how the Koroks make you explore the world, like every single nook and cranny. I don't have a different view on Koroks. I still think they're cute. Um, and they, they're, like, adorable little tree sprites. And I, I still get the plushies and stuff, so I really like them, and I have never had an issue with collecting Korok seeds, so. You know, I, I don't think it's an issue of collecting the seeds. I just think it's an issue of the reward is, uh, you know. I mean, maybe yeah. Maybe a little lacking. I feel like the reward is really just bragging rights. Yeah, At that, yeah, at that point, it's just like, yeah, I've collected all 900 Koroks. Yippee me, and then... You move on with your life because it's really not that big a deal. <laughs> you know, you know what they should have done is allow you to um, at least like take the the piece of golden poop and put it in your house oh, yeah. in Hateno. <laughs> at least you could have displayed it on your mantle and be like, "Yo, look at this, look at this reward that I got." What if it? You know? What if it initiated like a trading sequence? Because it just makes me think of that bag of poo in ages. <laughs> That would be cool. So, like, you and you collect all 900 Koroks, and then you initiate a trading sequence for something, like, legit. Just super awesome. But that's a so, that's a really long, long quest. That's a, that's a long quest. So, uh, you know, this question actually uh, kind of bled over into the next question, which I had an answer for. And that is, should future Zelda games have multiple endings to unlock... And I think that that is totally cool. Um, maybe not like like a hundred different endings, but I I feel like the Korok seeds would have been a very good example of what I'm talking about here. Like if you have a hundred percent of the game and you've done everything, you can get something extra when you beat the game. Um, maybe not like a different ending per se, but like a a like Easter egg scene and you know or, or something right, like something along those lines. Yeah. You could get like the. Uh, the Marvel post credit scene that comes if you've hundred percent of the game. I, I think I'm a, I'm a fan of that. Um, I think that 
multiple endings would have been okay. You know, if, if any game ever should have had multiple endings, it should have been Ocarina of Time because of what we know Nintendo tried to do with this whole timeline business. So that would have been good. Um, and yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm okay with that. I think Majora's Mask was a good one for multiple endings. Again, depending on how much, like, you know, how much you've completed and collected and stuff like that. I think that there's a place for it. I, I think that you don't want to go like bonkers with it, but I, I think that there could definitely be a place for it in the series. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I feel Breath of the Wild definitely had that, but only with two endings. <clears throat> so, I mean, I feel like that's Nintendo kind of dipping their toes in the idea. Um, but even so, the the bonus ending is just because you remember Zelda completely. You got all the memories, and it was really short. So... I mean, I kind of would like to see some, like you said, because I don't think we'll we'll see much of a decision-based game in Zelda. But, you know, completion-wise, if you complete a certain quest, if you could see something else in the credits or after the credits based on the fact that you completed that quest or, you know, whatever. I think it would be cool to have those little bonus endings. And then the fact that you could learn, you know, online, hey, there was actually another ending, and you're like, oh, cool, how do I get that? And then it would have you go back and play the game to get that ending. So, I yeah. think that'd be cool. Um, I'm going to throw a deep cut out here, but the the Castlevania games on the Game Boy Advance, which I'm a big fan of, actually did that. You would go and fight the final, or what you would think was the final boss, and if you didn't have a, a specific set of, they called them souls in that game, they were basically like equippable spells. And if you didn't have a specific set of spells equipped or a specific item equipped, you would beat that boss and the credits would roll and you're just like, oh, okay, I'm done. But if you did have that, then you would unlock like this post game kind of playthrough and you'd get to like the real final boss. So I think that that could be kind of cool as well if they wanted to do something like that. This actually bleeds right again, right into our next question here, um, which is... Uh, would you prefer it if Zelda games contained post-game mm-hmm. content? So I, I think that that would be cool. You know, I, I think that they should contain post-game content. It's it's kind of weird because I feel like you got to separate Breath of the Wild from the rest of the pack because Breath of the Wild, like, you know, since you can do it however you want, um, there's tons of post-game stuff to do. You can go and collect Koroks. Maybe you went straight to Hyrule Castle and you didn't get any of the um, Divine Beasts. Maybe you didn't do all the side quests. So, like... There is a lot of post-game content, and if you really want to be technical, there's the DLC that you can do as well. Um, but I think they mean, like, post-game specifically, like, the game acknowledges that you've beaten the final yeah. boss. And, like, yeah. And and I think that Breath of the Wild would have been a good one for that. But, uh, obviously, we're getting Breath of the Wild too. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that I, again, I think there's a place for that, and I wouldn't be opposed to it. What about you? Yeah, for sure. And actually, my brother brought up an idea the other day. So he's going through, my brother Andy, he's going through, um, I think he's going to try to 100% Breath of the Wild. We'll see how far he gets. But he's like, I beat Ganon, and I kind of wish that the game knew that I beat Ganon so I could go fight all the monsters, and there'd be no more Blood Moons. That way, all the monsters would stay dead. And I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool idea. Like, you're kind of eradicating Ganon's, like, power over Hyrule post-beating him. And I was like, that's actually kind of a cool idea because you are still doing all that stuff, like you said, you know, collecting Koroks, uh, you know, getting more shrines, that kind of stuff. So why not, you know, eradicate all the monsters from Hyrule? So that would be be a cool kind of shindig that you could do. But also... I'm sure that there are other games that have um, 
like you beat the main bad and it's over but you can do other quest lines other stories um like skyrim has that so you know i think that would be cool for zelda i don't know um how big they'd be willing to make it probably not huge but something small would be cool uh, you know what game is good at that, actually? Pokemon. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So after you beat the Elite Four, you, you did the whole deal with the the Sword and Shield guy or whatever. And you, <laughs> I think you fought Hop for like the 80 millionth time in that game. Yeah. And <laughs> Those yeah even something little like that would be kind of cool. Yeah. You know what would have been um, cool is like if you, if you beat the game and like there's a, a bonus little mission or something and like you got to go and return the master sword or something like that back to the pet. I, I, I don't know. Something like that. I think that could, I think that could work. Mm-hmm. I think that could be cool. Yep. So yeah. Um, okay. Let's keep it going here. Um, do companions still have a place in the Zelda series moving forward? What do you say? Al? Uh, this is hard, especially if you're like super open world, if we're continuing it like breath of the wild, but like I miss companions, I always really liked them. I know some people are like, "Oh, this one's annoying." This one, I always liked all of them. So I'd love to see one. It kind of makes my adventure feel a little less empty because I've got this little friend helping me out. And I would, I do they have a place? I hope so. I I would like to think so. I say yes. I missed having a companion in Breath of the Wild, and like. I feel like you could just, you could very easily have it uh, in in Breath of the Wild too. Like, just imagine you're Link, and you've got a little fairy. Let's let's just say Navi's there, okay? You got Navi flying around you in Breath of the Wild too. What does that really change other than you know you just happen to have Navi there? Um, and I'm not suggesting that this fairy needs to talk to you all the time. And hey, listen, like Navi did in Ocarina of Time, yeah. it could just strictly be limited to like when a cutscene happens or like when when something important happens or like you get to a specific quest or whatever then your companion can talk to you but like i think that uh i think that it could work i feel like i've busted out like a million game analogies on this episode already but i'm gonna bust out one more i played death stranding last year which is a sick game by the way very weird and you you play as sam porter bridges and you have this little baby in your front pouch and this sounds bonkers because it is but this little baby is like kind of your companion but it doesn't really do anything it just it's just kind of there but it's comforting knowing that it's there you can like take it out and rock it in your hands and stuff and like it's a big open world game and it's it can be very lonely at times and it was nice to have that little companion so yeah i I think that there's absolutely room for for companions uh in in you know a post breath of the wild zelda future yeah i guess i always just consider companions as you know the characters that drive you to follow the linear style of zelda so with open world that seemed like not really probable but i can see what you're saying it's just something that is there with you just you know a presence it doesn't have to be like guiding you towards anything until you get there um for breath of the wild too i'd like to have baby yoda as my companion please and thank you I bet you some modder out there will probably do yes. that. I'm surprised I haven't done it for Breath of the Wild already, actually. Yes. I got Shrek in the game, for God's oh, sakes. God. All right, uh, let's keep it going. Uh, this is a great question, Allison, and I'm going to put you on the spot, okay. and you can go first. Okay. If you could experience any Zelda game for the first time again, which one would you choose, okay. and why? I'm so not original right here, but I'd choose Breath of the Wild because it was amazing. The first playthrough was just so 
Like, everywhere you turned, it was jaw-dropping. And I know, like, when you play Breath of the Wild now, there's still new things that you see. But, like, the very first time after a game that's been hyped for four, five years, and you're playing this huge open world, you don't know where to go next, the music's great, it's got voice acting. It was just such a cool thing to experience for the first time. And, I mean, all Zelda games are, but still, it was just... It was so innovative, so new, and I would love to have that yeah. first time experience with it all over again. It's it's hard to argue that. I, I think that that would probably be my answer as well. But in the interest of giving a different answer than you, uh, I, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and uh, pick something else here. But I think Breath of the Wild would be my answer. But I, if I could experience. Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time again, but in my like uh, 10 or 11, however old I was like in that, in that kind of mentality zone again, that would be awesome. Cause like I've told the story before, but I will never forget walking into the forest temple and just being like, so mystified. And I was just like, this is incredible. Like this is just absolutely like unbelievable to me. And like at my age, at that time, I had never seen anything like it in a video game. It, it was just like, it was such another level um, for me that like, I, I would love to experience that again. You know, I, I think as a, as a 33 year old dude now, the Forest Temple wouldn't quite do the same feeling of magic to me. But like, and you know, when I was that age, again, I think it, I think it would. So if I could experience that it, at that particular time, that would be really cool. Um, and, and I'll throw another one out there. I would love to experience Skyward Sword again for the first time. Cause man, what a great, great story. I will like never forget the, the scene where Zelda goes to sleep. That was just such a, Oh yeah. It may, maybe the best scene in the entire series. It was, it was so emotional. I was trying not to cry in front of my buddy. Uh, we were playing it at my place. He was just kind of doing his thing on the couch and I was playing Skyward Sword and I was like, Oh God. And, uh, that was fantastic. So that would be, uh, that would be one of the ones that I would try and, and, you know, experience again. But yeah, I, I don't know, man. I think if, if push came to shove, it would be breath of the wild. Cause you know, how could you go wrong there? Yep. I, it's just hard to say anything else. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's keep it going. What's your favorite Zelda related addition to super smash bros ultimate so far? What do you say, Allison? Um, I don't know if it matters to Smash Bros. Ultimate particularly or just Smash Bros. in general, but I love Sheik. I love the day when Sheik and Zelda were separated and became their own characters. Sheik is my main. Okay. And I don't know. I just I really like that you get to play as this other, you know, Zelda character that isn't the main three. And she's like, like this cool BA ninja and can teleport everywhere and i always tried to figure out like the best combos with her and i am by no means a great smash bros player but <laughs> i always felt kind of cool when i played as Sheik. so i would say that Sheik, on her own is the best addition as far as zelda goes there you go yeah uh, you know what that's a better answer than i thought you were gonna give i know you're not a, a big smash kind of kind of gal so yeah good answer <laughs> um okay i think that my favorite zelda related addition uh, no points for originality here for me, but uh, I I just like that they updated Link's look finally. Like he's he's in his champion's tunic now. I think that he looks really fresh. I love what they did with Ganon's look. Actually, the Ocarina of Time model, like I said earlier in the show, is is my favorite model of Ganon. So 
I really love that he is, um, you know, in that classic look. And you can battle Ocarina of Time Ganon in Smash, which I, I think is really cool. Uh, Sheik, just the costumes in general. Like, Sheik's wearing, um, you know, the uh, the um, Sheik clothes. I can't remember what they're called from Breath of the Wild. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she looks really cool. Uh, Zelda looks cool. You know, it's, it's kind of neat to see her you know, rocking the Link Between Worlds kind of look. Not my favorite Zelda look. I would have done Skyward Sword, but whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I think that the, just the facelift that a lot of the Zelda characters got is really cool. And I, you know what? I, I love spirits, actually. And I remember when I first, like, was listening to the, the announcement of, like, what spirits were going to be in Smash Bros. Ultimate, I was just like, this looks awful. Like, this looks so dumb. Mm -hmm. And, you know, however many years later, I love spirits. It's just the collector in me that, that loves them. So, yeah, um, those would be my two right there. There you go. There you go. All right. Allison, this is this one's for you. This was kind of what uh, everything what this week was was based on. We, we liked this question. But which Zelda game has the most replay ability? Allison, what say you? I feel like I know your answer. Oh, actually, this is kind of hard. Um, because <laughs> I replay so many Zelda games. Um, okay, let me just say something different than Breath of the Wild, but I would probably choose Breath of the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, like consider it though. You could. There's so many different ways to play Breath of the Wild that you could literally do it def different every time you play it. So there's that factor. But. Uh, and I feel like I know your answer, so I'm going to try and choose something different from that, too. Uh, Wind Waker is actually a really good replayable Zelda for me, at least. Because, um, especially after the HD remake, it's so beautiful. The colors are amazing. The music is amazing. It's not the longest or shortest Zelda game. I feel like it's a very well-paced Zelda game. Don't even say anything, Andy Spateria, <laughs> about how I consider the pacing. Um... And the dungeons are solid. They're not the worst or the, you know, best by any means, but they're solid. They don't feel like a chore to get through. The story is really good, you know, and I I really enjoy exploring in that game. So I would say Wind Waker has a good replayability factor for me. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm curious. What did you think my answer was going to be? Ocarina of Time. I, I mean, that would be second place, but come on. Okay. Breath of the Wild. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I, I can't even say, like, like you know what? Uh, blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. Like, it's, it's Breath of the Wild. Yeah, it's so You know, I, I've put, I've put, like, oh, God, I don't know, like, 400 hours into Breath of the Wild, and I feel like I still, like, you know, I've never done all of the Korok seeds. I think I got about halfway and was just, like, forget this um so yeah i breath of the wild that's it's uh, so hard not like to say breath the of the best wild answer. they did so good on yeah. that game so good yeah um okay this is actually kind of a cool question this is a, a deep cut but a good find that uh, that you got here allison which zelda game do you feel the most confident playing and i think what they mean or at least my interpretation is like in somewhat of a competitive setting not even like necessarily speedrunner, but like okay like i want to beat this game today and like i'm gonna do this and and be very quick about it so uh yeah this is a great question what uh what game do you feel the most confident playing i feel like you're confident playing a ton of them because you're a really good speedrunner. um 
I, I feel like I'm a really good speedrunner for two Zelda games, and the rest I'm kind of average at. So I have two that I feel very confident playing, and that's Phantom Hourglass, because nobody else wants to play it. <laughs> and <laughs> and Breath of the Wild. I feel like I'm pretty good at, at playing Breath of the Wild at this point. Yeah, yeah, I can't I can't argue that at all. Um so I'm I'm still not very good at most Zelda games, but let's see. You know, I'll I'll give two answers too. Um uh, I I'm really good at playing the Minish Cap. Uh, I have a, I have a pretty good time in that game. I think it was like four hours, uh, from start to finish and I'll throw Ocarina of Time in there as well. I'm there. There are multiple, multiple people like our our pal Gooey Fame, his time smokes mine, but I feel like my time is pretty respectable. I'm like, I, I always know where to go. I, I feel like I know the best routes to go in the dungeon. If I'm really, you know, trying to get from point A to point B. Um, so yeah, Ocarina of Time, Minch Cap. Those are my two. Nice. Yeah. Good choices. All right, which dragon in Breath of the Wild was your favorite? Uh, so I like the color green, and I thought that the name Feroche was cool. So there you go. That was my favorite. Interesting, because I also like the color green, but Feroche is my third of the list. So I think oh, it's hard to choose. I think I would go with Dinral, but Nadra looks really, really cool. The colors on Nadra in both phases is awesome but i feel like i feel like dinral is probably my favorite because i'm always i'm a fire person i always right. go for the fire pokemon um, <laughs> i remember i believe it's dinral that he he kind of creeps up in between like that gorge yeah. in um in hebra and like you kind of camp out there and just jump off the gorge and you can shoot his his horn or whatever yep. so i feel like i've spent the most time farming dinral for some reason um Ferocious always seemed to be pretty easy for me. It's it's usually you can get him by uh, the Bridge of Hylia, so that's never really a problem. The one I think my least favorite, just because it, I feel like it's the most pain to farm, is um, Nadra. Because like, where where is my spot? I feel like um, you know the hills that are a little bit further back from Mount Lanayru. Mm -hmm. That's usually where I go. But like, if if you kind of mistime it or you miss, like you're you're hooped because. He ain't coming back. Like, you don't really get a second shot. Like, you can kind of mess up your your jump on the first two, and, like, you can sort of kind of recover. But if you miss with Nadra, or at least from the spot that I do, uh, you're done. So I feel like Nadra is my least favorite. But I do love that, yeah, at least that dragon, you, you kind of have to fight a little bit. I thought that was yeah, cool. Yeah, that was cool. And I will say that uh, Ferocious is definitely the easiest and fastest to farm if you're in the... Um, uh, Faron region there's just like a super easy spot to farm it and it's really fast you can get so many horns in like 20 minutes and then dinral is probably the next easiest but i agree nadra is hard because you have to wait longer in any of the spots yeah. that you farm nadra it's just a longer wait yeah um well said um okay let's keep it going should Sheik return in a main zelda entry yes hmm Oh, you say yes. Okay, let's hear it. Well, okay, so maybe in Breath of the Wild 2, you know, Zelda's a little bit uh, more involved with the story in the Breath of the Wild um, games. Um, so I would be interested to see her maybe, like, I don't know if she has to go into hiding or something, but she's so strong-willed and has to be involved 
that she's like, okay, I'm gonna come out in disguise and be <laughs> be a chic warrior or a chic warrior just to help Link out. And I could feel, I could really see that happening just because this Zelda is so like, I don't think she could just sit idly by and wait for Link to do stuff. You know what I mean? So I could see, right. I could see her donning the Sheikah gear, especially because the Sheikah are so um, involved in the Breath of the Wild story that I think she should come back, and that she possibly, possibly could. Okay, that that's a good that's a good point. Actually, I I think I'm buying what you're selling. So my my answer was no. I think that Sheik should stay a part of the Ocarina of Time kind of story or lore, if you will. But I feel like your I feel like your point is. Uh, it's pretty strong, actually. Like, maybe maybe Zelda does have a reason to kind of don this. I, I think for me, what would work better is if, like, is if it wasn't explicitly, she wasn't called Sheik, but let's let's maybe just say that she puts on all of the gear except for, like, the little headpiece. Because I feel like there's really no reason for Zelda to conceal her identity in, you know, the Breath of the Wild universe. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's the main thing is, like, I feel like there's not really... A reason for Zelda to conceal her identity in in any of the games and you know obviously they could create a game where you know whatever story they tell there could be a reason for her to do that and they could revisit that but I don't know I feel like it would just be kind of um kind of like been there done that I think that they could pay homage to Sheik for sure which they kind of did in Breath of the Wild even with like some of the gear that you can get and like the Sheik uh mask or whatever that you can get but yeah. I, I yeah I don't know um I feel like pay homage is, is probably as, as far as I'd want to go. Otherwise, I feel like maybe let's just do something new. Fair enough. I think that's fair. I Just because I have a bias and I really like Sheik, that's why I want to see her again, and I possibly could. But I agree with what you're saying. Like, the, She does have a place, a very special place in the Zelda series, and maybe it's a good thing to have her just stay there. They, they brought her back in... Um, Hyrule Warriors, but that's not really canon. And it was, like, it was a good fit. Like, it made sense for Hyrule Warriors. So, there's yeah. that. But I can I can see what you're saying. Yeah, I feel like that's, like, the perfect spot for someone like Sheik to come back and, and be a presence. Yeah. So, um, okay. This is this is one that I skipped over, but this is a great question here. Uh, Allison. Yeah. Would you name your child after a Zelda character? <sighs> um... I tend to name things and pets after my favorite characters. Like, my cat's name is Loki. My hedgehog's name is Kaz. And, which, everybody will actually understand what I'm referencing when Shadow and Bone comes out on Netflix in two weeks. So that's awesome. And my car's name is Din. But, like, I don't know if I if I ever had a child. Hold on, hold on. What? Your, your car's name? Is Din. Like. You name your car? Yeah, the Mandalorian. I named him Din. <laughs> Okay. I, I need my last card too. That's awesome. <laughs> um, I I don't know if I ever had like if I had a child maybe a middle name, but I don't know if they would be Zelda character names uh for a first name or anything like that. I don't know if I'm willing to go there. I know some people do have their kids named like Link and Zelda, and that's cool. But I don't know if I would go there. Right. You know what? I I think I would, but maybe it'd be like a spin on a Zelda name, you know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, it, it, like kind of, so we named our dog Lincoln and, um, that's kind of a spin on a Zelda name. Cause like we call him Link, right? But his, his name is Lincoln and it's spelled like Lincoln Park actually. Yeah. But, um, so like we did that. My cat is named Zora, which is again, I feel like, uh, naming it after Zelda there. So I mean, I've got two pets named after Legend of Zelda, but 
I, I feel like I'd be willing to, uh, I don't think I would name like my, my kid Link or Zelda or Ganon, um, which, which is like, I know a bunch of people, uh, I, I, one of our, one of our fellow writers has a daughter named Zelda, which is like, you know, a very pretty name, obviously, but uh, for, for me, like I could just see like all my family being like, oh my God, you're such a, you know what I mean? Like, um, so I, I think if I could sneak, let's just say, let's just say for argument's sake here, if, uh, if I were to name, if I had a daughter and I named her Mifa and nobody like really knew that that was from Zelda, like in my family, I would do it. Nice. Sam would never allow that, but I would do it. (laughs) Fair enough. So yeah, there you go. Um, okay. This is a great question here. Which Zelda game suffers the most from negative bias in which receives the most forgiveness. I feel like these are very easy answered, easily answered. Should we should we answer? Uh, let's let's both answer the first part and then let's both answer the last part. Okay. How about that? Okay. Okay. Do you? Well, here I, and I'll tell you what. You go first with negative. I'll go first with most forgiveness. No points for guessing. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we both have the same answers. Okay. So my negative is obviously Skyward Sword. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, slam dunk. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's true, man. Like the, the demo that went completely awry in, in 2010, uh, with the motion controls not working. I think that it never, ever overcame that stigma. I really yeah, I agree. think it didn't. Yep. Um, so, you know, the man, and, and we're going to talk about Skyward Sword a lot in the next couple months when the game comes out. Like, we're, we're going to do a bunch of different shows on Skyward Sword. So get ready, everybody. We're going to make you like Skyward Sword. But, <laughs> As uh, if we hadn't already, you know, at this point. <laughs> yeah. I Yeah, I, I just feel like... You know what? Listen, there there are some there are some things about Skyward Sword that are certainly not perfect and are, and are certainly yeah. flaws of the game. No doubt. You know, no doubt. I think that uh, the pacing for some can feel a little bit off and... You know, it's it's uh, it's a more constrained kind of narrative where like you're, you know, going from point A to point B in a more constricted fashion, and that turns some people off. And you know, I get that. Um, three imprisoned fights is too much. I get that. <laughs> but I think that when you talk to someone about Skyward Sword, it's like, oh man, these motion controls suck, or you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. I feel like a lot of the criticism isn't super fair. Isn't criticism? I really don't. That is coming from somebody who's actually played through the entire game. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So yeah, that's an easy answer. I feel like this is an easy answer too. So I'm doing, I'm going to do what you did. I'm just going to list the game. Then you could take it from here, which receives the most forgiveness. What do you think? Twilight princess. I knew it. I knew it. But like, I agree because everybody has these really strong feelings. Okay. I won't say everybody, but the majority of the Zelda fandom has these really strong feelings for Twilight princess because it, they think it's, like, dark. It has the most realistic look. You know, Mifa is such a great companion character. She's got a lot of development. Zelda looks awesome. Ganondorf is B.A. There's just this really cool, foreboding ambiance about Twilight Princess. But I feel like as the years have gone by, I feel like we're some of us have taken off our rose-colored glasses or Twilight-covered glasses or whatever, and you know it's there are kind of a lot of things wrong with it and it's got really long dungeons some of them are okay some of them are really a chore 
the 2D flat style of the characters is just weird. They look ugly. Odd. <laughs> I'm trying not to say ugly. Um, well, it is. It's ugly. I just feel like a lot of people are willing to overlook so much about this game because of how they're they're just like championing it, championing. Oh, hard for me to say there. Um, it so like it just gets a lot of forgiveness, and I don't know. I feel like when they did the HD remake, it could have been better. You know what? You said something. I, you said two things. First of all. You you mixed up Mifa and Midna. And oh, I, I'm I sorry. don't ever want us to desecrate <laughs> to desecrate the good name of Mifa like that. Sorry, sorry, because sorry. Mifa Mifa is way more of a character <laughs> than Midna is in my eyes. Um, the other thing you said is like that we we put away our rose colored glasses. You know what we did, Allison? We washed away the eyeliner from our eyes and we put away our My Chemical Romance CDs and we grew up and we're just like you know what? This is this is weird. It's dark. It's ugly. There are scenes in here of Ilya with a knife that make no sense, <laughs> that add nothing to the story, that are just here so that we can be like, oh yeah, we're edgy. And it's like, this makes no sense. Uh, there are moments of greatness yeah. in Twilight Princess. Yeah. Do not get me wrong. If You know, I, I like Twilight Princess. It's like a solid 8 out of 10 game. But in comparison to the rest of the Zelda series, man, come on. Come on. Like... If you've never played Twilight Princess, man, you are in Ordon Village forever, for hours. You're fishing, you're collecting bugs, you're... It's just like, what are we doing here? Like, I want to play Zelda. You you take forever to get to your first dungeon. Uh, the, the Tears of Light, or... The, yeah, the Tears of Light thing is just miserable. Uh, you, like, do you like herding goats? I hope so, because you're going to be doing that a few times in Twilight Princess. The game looks awful. Ugh. And 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 then and then you get to the end and it's just like okay you wanna you wanna ramp you wanna finish this game, uh which you know is we probably been playing for forever now. Just kidding. You got to go visit all these statues and restore power to this item that you just got. Then you got to go through the longest dungeon ever. <laughs> it's yeah. It's it sucks. Yeah. And yeah. And you know. And and when I say it, when I say it sucks, I mean it sucks in comparison to. The other Zelda games, I think, but people love it because, and you know what? That's that's fine. That's fine that people love it. It was a lot of people's first Zelda game. Yeah, that's true. Um, I and like you said, there are really good things about it. Like Minna, I do like her. I don't think she's the greatest, but I do like her development. Uh, Ganondorf looks cool, obviously, as I said. Zelda looks awesome, obviously, as I said. You know, and there are the bosses in this game are all spectacular. Some of the dungeons are really good and don't feel awful. But I just feel like for the question that's being asked, it is it is uh, very forgiven. There's a lot of things that are overlooked, I feel, just because of how people feel about this game. So there's that. I, yep. <laughs> I included this question just to make Andy go on a rant. <laughs> I don't think I've called Twilight Princess ugly in a while, but <laughs> there it is. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, that's my answer. That was those were two easy answers. Yeah. I feel like. Um, so let's let's do one more, Al, and then let's get out of here. Uh, this is a cool question, actually. That uh, I don't know if we've ever talked about this before. Should Breath of the Wild have a seasonal cycle? What do you think? Um, at first, I think it sounds like a good idea, but at the same time, 
we are given so many different areas in Breath of the Wild that have so many different seasons. Like, if you go to the Akala region, I don't know how it's pronounced anymore, but I say Akala. Um, it looks like fall, you know. If you go to the Heber region, it looks like yep, winter. If you go down to the Farron area, it looks like you're in the summer jungle. You know, it. I feel like there's a season, all the seasons are there, and you just need to go to the area. Now, would it be cool if, you know, you play over time and the seasons change? Kind of, but I feel like, I feel like you don't spend, when I think of seasonal changes, I think of games like Stardew and, and Animal Crossing and that kind of thing. And it just takes too long to get through those seasons. And I feel like you're not playing Breath of the Wild that long because I could easily put, I don't know, like 200 hours in Animal Crossing and go through all those seasons versus Breath of the Wild and only go through like winter or fall if it's based off a time kind of deal. I don't know. I just feel like the areas do well enough to give you the different seasons. Yeah, you, you took the, the answer out of my mouth, actually. Because when I saw this, I was like, yeah, that'd be awesome. Like, that's that's a great little uh, addition to Breath of the Wild. And I started thinking, like, well, you know, it does rain a lot. And, like, that's kind of um, that's kind of seasonal-esque, I guess. But then, like, yeah, like I, I mean, it doesn't make sense if you're in Hebra and all of a sudden it's, like, summer. Yeah. It, like, that doesn't really work. And the same thing where if you're in, uh, you know, other parts of it. And I feel like... Yeah, you've you've kind of got the fall in one corner. You've got uh, you've got winter in the other corner. You've got summer in the bottom, and then you've got spring kind of in between. So, I I feel like your your answer was spot on. Like there are all four seasons. You just kind of have to go and find them on the map. Yeah. Um, maybe they could have some different weather effects. Like, I think that would be cool if like, in addition to rain and thunder and stuff, like maybe there's a tornado or something, uh -huh. or like maybe there's like a, a super snowstorm or like you literally can't see in front of you um yeah maybe maybe some more weather effects but maybe not seasons necessarily yeah i think is is what i'm gonna say great question though yeah so, yeah well allison i think that that brings us to uh the end of the road here um thank you for compiling all of these daily debate questions uh this was uh this was a good time yeah no problem i liked going back in time uh, usually when we compile these, we get from the suggestion box or from something more recent. But these were like a few years in the past. And that always makes fun. You kind of switches up the discussion a little bit. So that was fun. Yeah. Um, and you know what? Next week, we want your questions, by God. We want you to head on over to Twitter, head on over to Discord. And we want you to ask us a question all about The Legend of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds. Yes, Zelda game Q&A is back, and this time it's going to be all about A Link Between Worlds. If you've got a question about that game, go ahead and ask it at Spateri316, at Allison Aletha, over on Discord in the Champions cast. We want to hear what your questions are, and we will answer them next week. Rumor has it that we even have a special guest for next week that's going to be uh, giving his two cents on some of these questions as well. So there we go. Sweet. Uh, well, Allison... I guess that's it. We're off for the week. We are going to get out of here, but like I said, we'll be back next week. Get those Link Between World questions in and get those reviews in over on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to have that sweet five-star review, so leave it if you think we've earned it. And like I said, check us out over on Twitter. I am at Spateri316. Allison is at Allison Aletha. 
that's it. That's all. We are out of here. Everybody have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Bye.